Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Late Night Rentals. I'm your host, Brandon Sawkill. Joined with me is my co-host, cohort, and co-conspirator, Ryan Carpenter. Ryan, how are you this evening? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? You know, I'm not too bad. I am a little bummed. Uh, whenever I failed a subject, my father never dumped loads of money to get me a hot, sexy tutor. Did he ever do that for you? No, no. Unfortunately, I was an actual geek and not uh, the Hollywood ideal. All right, everyone. Well, please pull out those membership cards because tonight we are watching My Tutor. Mr. Simpson called from your school. It seems that we have a problem. You flunked your French final. She is worldly, sophisticated, alluring. Hello, Bobby. I'm Terry Green, your French tutor. He is young, inexperienced, unsure. There isn't a student made that I can't teach. A little conceited, aren't you? I'm very good. She is the teacher. He is her student. Hi. Well, Bobby, I'm not sure this is right. In one summer, he will discover more and learn more than he ever did in school. What do you think your parents would say if they could see us right now? International Pictures presents My Tutor. You and this kid getting it on? He's ten times the lover you are. It's a crash course in special treats, drag strippers, loose zippers, classic rods. Tonight's the night, fellas. Sacrifice of the virgins. Matching sets, nice assets, lovely tarts. Private parts. Oh, yes. <laughs> Are you sure that this is right? Closet shoppers. And all the action. Yahoo! All the excitement. And all the fun. Oh, you're gonna get it now. Of everyone's favorite subject. My tutor. It's the best reason yet to become teacher's pet. You're my tutor. <clears throat> Teach me anything you want me to learn. Ryan, I'm going to say it right now. Our previous favorite movie theme was Night Patrol's LAPD. Uh, it has now been dethroned. I don't think the, the song was as, as earwormy as the uh, chorus to the Night Patrol song, um, but this was <laughs> uh, good in and of itself. Ah, oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, everyone, this is not going to be a review of the movie. It's actually going to be a one-hour debate on which theme song is better. So strap in. Night Patrol's theme song, okay, <laughs> deals with, <laughs> it encapsulates the entire themes of the Night Patrol movie. Yeah, but couldn't you say that My Tutor's theme song also does the same? Oh, 
you know, I honestly don't remember the words to either one of them <laughs> outside of the LAPD part. I think the first thing I really want to talk about, uh, for the listeners, we are back to the movie now. Um, I think the first thing I do want to talk about is our MC, our protag, Mr. Bobby. Um, man, I, I have to say, compared to the last two uh, main characters that we've watched already, this kid's kind of a sweetheart. I'm not saying that there isn't some things that, you know, he kind of teeters on questionable, but overall, as a character, uh, I kind of liked this kid a lot. Ah, uh, man, he's okay. He's definitely the most, uh, I guess, relatable of the ones that we've encountered so far. The guy, I didn't like the guy who played him. Uh, I don't remember his name. I think yeah. he was a good actor. I thought he'd, he he was a bad actor, like objectively bad. Um but I think the the character of Billy is, you know, as well written as a movie like this can get. Um, he he has moments where you do kind of feel sorry for him, which is, you know, a pretty good feat for a movie that's basically a softcore porno. Right, exactly. I, I think that's probably it was refreshing for me in a sense, you know, having to deal with Johnny and Johnny be good. And then having to deal with what Billy, I think his name was in school. Yeah. Uh, To have, to finally have a character in a movie like this, who has goals and, um, but is almost sort of uh, suppressed by an authoritative father. I was like, man, it's, I was not expecting this movie to go that route with this character at all, but I do agree with you. Uh, His, the actor is, Ooh, Man, he's got he's very soft spoken and almost I guess he kinda does the one thing about the character I did enjoy was he is a little bit of a pushover in which he sort of that becomes the foundation for which he builds up strength and, and stands up to his father. But I just don't I agree with you. I don't like the way the actor handled all that. Yeah, because there's some there are some interactions he has with the tutor. I can't remember her name. Um, off the top of my head, where like the dialogue's not good either. It's very, very bad dialogue. And it makes it feel like I am, in fact, watching a porno. Like we are in the scenes that set up the sex. Um, just because how like he'll dip his head and like he'll respond like overly earnestly. Like, yeah, I do. Well, actually, I'm glad that you're here. <sighs> it's nice to be wanted somewhere. What'd you do tonight? Nothing special. We watched a couple of ladies roll around in the mud and get all wet. <sighs> Sounds exciting. It wasn't. I was thinking about you. What were you thinking? I guess I was jealous. Or just even something as simple as just what what a passionate kiss should be. It's uh, the way both of them approach each other's mouths. I'm just I was waiting for the down 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 down. Oh, hello, cool boy. <laughs> but I guess I mean I guess it makes sense because this movie this movie is just it's just a teenage boy's fantasy. Yeah. Like uh, as as like we we joked about Johnny B. Good not taking place in the real world. Um, but this one very specifically does not take place in the real world. This, like I said, basically a softcore porno. It's like a step above being a softcore porno. Um, like I got when I was going through it, I thought for sure that this was a movie 
that like i know because crispin glover's in it so it's not an out and out porno but i thought maybe a like producer of porn was like i'm gonna make a movie that we that you know that'll be my bit my break we can show it in actual theaters and this was the product but no just like johnny b good the guy who directed this um he directed a couple movies uh i think two movies before this but he was mostly in mainly an editor no porn background or nothing I noticed that when I was, uh, because I, the, when the credits were rolling and I seen, I was like, Bowers, that sounds familiar. And come to find out, I have one of his movies, uh, The Hearse, uh, which is not bad. We might cover it later in another month. Um, but I was like, I knew that name. And when I went to go look him up, it was interesting to see his editing career more than his directing career. So, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because he has, he has mainstream credits, I do believe at least towards the end of his career. I wonder what the decision was for giving an editor uh, a directing project. Do you think maybe because the producers are like, well, you know how to put together a movie behind the scenes, essentially, uh, just they were some, like a director, they were someone that was quick and cheap that they could just hand a project to? Either that or like it's a low-risk movie. Like maybe it's the budget's small enough to where, you know, this type of movie is guaranteed a certain audience. Like it may not, you know, it may not blow the doors off the theaters, but you can easily recoup your couple million dollar investment. Cause I mean, I, outside of, you know, Crispin Glover, um, but the guy who plays the father outside of him, I don't, I've never heard or seen anyone else that's in this movie before yeah. or since. Um, like Crispin Glover, I think this is his first movie, so he doesn't really count in that scenario. But like the risk is so low, maybe maybe the guy who ended up directing was a friend of the producer, or you know he just he wanted a directing job, so he he took whatever one he could get. Maybe I I mean it would like, that's what they did for James Bond, I do believe a couple times. Like John Glenn, I do believe directed basically the entire 80s output of James Bond. He started off being an editor on the James Bond franchise. They gave him Octopussy, I think was his first one. That totally makes sense. I didn't even I don't even know why I thought of that, but yeah, in terms of of low risk, uh, why wouldn't you? At least hire someone who understands the components of a film and is probably for the most part is already editing it in his or her head while directing. Yeah, I mean, he already has uh, I do. I think this was his third one. I think it was some movie in the 70s that didn't have a picture, a poster, or anything on IMDb, and then the hearse. And I think this was after that. Okay. So like maybe they're just like, well, he's got experience. He he finished a movie. Cause that's really all you need. Uh, I mean, at this <laughs> in this era, right? right? Just get it done. Make sure it's in focus and it's you know. When tits are out, just make sure the lens is pointing at both of them. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, uh, you, you mentioned briefly the father. Um, I wanted to talk briefly about him, uh, real quick. Kevin McCarthy is, he is one of those dudes that I can remember. He has that face, you know, that very shit-eating grin, those wide, sort almost kind of awkward eyes that just peer into your soul. And I can remember one of the first roles I ever seen him in and it was UHF as, um, Oh, Fletcher, I forgot his first name, but he he essentially tries to take down Channel 62 that Channel 62 that Weird Al Yankovic uh gets through a deed. And um that is where I remember him the most, but I was like, man, I know this guy from other things. And so I again, I went through my movie library of what I owned and uh he's in Piranha, 
the original, not the remake for all you young whippersnappers who might be listening. And then one of my favorite movies, uh, he's uh, the professor that releases the Ghoulies in Ghoulies 3, Ghoulies Go to College, which now that I think about it, I should have added that to this list for this month. But but he's, I man, I he doesn't, and here's the thing, he has the potential to be what Paul Gleason was and Johnny B. Good because I've seen him do roles like that in other movies. But he's sort of just, I think he's just sort of there in this movie, which kind of bummed me out. I was hoping he would have done more. I was hoping he would have been the main antagonist instead of the tutor's asshole boyfriend. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I don't think the real I don't think the movie really needs to have like a an out and out antagonist. I think, especially what's presented to us is very melodramatic. But I think because the movie's about Billy gaining confidence, because he starts off as this nebbish dweeb, where him and Crispin Glover are trying everything they can they can to get laid, um, and then he ends up hooking up with the hot tutor, who um, again I believe seduces him right it's not the other way it's not him doing the 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 work um but like he just he doesn't need to like we don't need the scenes where he is you know outsmarting the the cheating boyfriend or you know i get i get i guess you kind of need him to stand up to his father Mm -hmm. but i don't think and the movie's not uh, i guess not really about that though i guess that's how you. That's how he expresses. Well, no, I guess because he asks out, what's her face, Bonnie, at the end. That would be the confidence right there. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it, it is weird, isn't it? It's weird that it it makes you. It has such a, a, a foothold into making you, kind of hate his father. But then all of that goes away. Where I think there's like a huge chunk in the middle where you don't see his father at all until towards the end when he's needed to be there. I thought that his parents were gone for the entire summer, right? Yeah. And then they and then they're just back and and then like the next scene she's swimming naked in the pool again. So I'm thinking like was she, were they there the whole time she's been swimming naked? <laughs> Which to go back to what you said earlier, you're right. It was her that did all the legwork in terms of seducing. I mean, other than him being a peeping tom a couple of times when she was swimming naked, uh when it comes down to it, she's the one that entices him to jump into the pool with her and then she leads him back to her uh her guest where she's sleeping in the guest house and it's her that's dragging him back to the bed yeah well it's i mean i don't want to put like again this is a this is a teen boys fantasy so obviously she's going to be the one to put the moves on and everything um but like (laughs) imagine you're like any guy can picture themselves in this situation, right? They've they've probably fantasized about this uh, about one of their teachers at one point or another in their life. Oh, absolutely! Um, like she is chilling out next to the pool at your you know your parents' giant mansion, a lot of hiding places. She just sits there in her bikini, nipples hard as diamonds, <laughs> and you're trying to have a conversation with her. Your mind's going to wander, right? But that's like the first step. She unbuttons and takes off a piece of clothing in front of him. And then when she does catch him spying, she's not mad. She's not mad at all. She's just got like a boys will be boys mentality. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, she is swimming naked at their house. Which, yeah, that logically doesn't fit, but it's a fantasy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which it, it the whole fantasy aspect ties in well because there's even a moment when He's on his scooter, and doesn't he see uh, another woman at, like, a phone booth? And then he briefly imagines just 
you know, ravishing her right there in public. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think my mother, when I was a young boy, um, she caught me watching pornography on the computer. So I, I might have been like 13 or so. <laughs> you devil dog, you. And she told me that uh, pornography will rot your brain. It'll make you believe that you can um, just like you can you'll just you can have sex anytime you want with any person you want. And like she I think she was implying like I'll turn into a rapist or something. I'm pretty sure she was talking about like movies like this. If I watched something like this, I would get the idea that, uh, you know, I could just walk up to a girl crying in a phone booth and boom, we're going to have sex. That was the exact word she used. It'll rot your brain. It's like if you sit too close to the TV, it'll ruin your eyesight. I think I, I messaged you earlier today uh, about uh, tits galore. Uh, I even have it right here. It's my it's my second note. That's just how quickly into the movie you get when you talk about boobs in a movie. Holy moly! I was not prepared to see as many boobs whipped out in front of me as as I did. But again. I think this movie does handle, in terms of what School Spirit was trying to do, I think this movie handles uh, its nudity a little bit fresher, I think. Uh, School Spirit, I just, I, I don't know why, I felt icky. Whereas here, it, to me, it it felt in place with a movie like this, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, like, it's the, is it the second scene in the movie we, we were introduced to a pair of memories when they oh, go to the yeah. brothel? Yep. What she say? Does she say, "Do you want to climb my peaks or something like that?" She's got these. I'm pretty sure they're fake because her nipples are incredibly high on her breasts. Um, but like Marianne, I think was her name. Yeah, yeah. She was like uh, something about come over here and climb this mountain. Come over here, my little bumbino. Climb the mountain. Mm. Yeah, and I okay so. I watched this movie with my wife. Um, anyone who listening who listens, that's Elise from the Baby Project. Um, and there's this, the the moment where Billy, um, not Billy, Bobby, Bobby. His last name's Crystal, so I keep wanting to call him Billy. Um, where Bobby uh, climbs on top of her and then he passes out. And my wife's like, "Did he ejaculate? Like, is he sleeping because he came?" And I was like, "I don't think so." But they, it. Is it? Is that what happened? Because like, did he did he also fuck? Like, did he stick his dick inside the lady in the backseat of the car? Um, in terms of the whorehouse, I think because he was drinking heavily, I didn't think he actually got anywhere in terms of sexual uh, deeds. I think he just passed out on her boobs. The girl in the car, I think he was at least you know past the threshold before they got interrupted by the bikers. Okay, because I thought the big, the big thing with the the tutor with the blonde lady was that she took his virginity. Yeah. Because like uh, that song that plays over their glorious uh, sex scene, uh, I think it's it's called like the first time we made love or something. Oh yeah, yeah, very passionate.
So we had uh, briefly mentioned Crispin Glover. This is his first movie. Oh my god. Crispin Glover is a weird motherfucker. And in this movie though, in the, his introduction, uh, introduction into the whorehouse, I was on the floor laughing, man. He killed me. I don't, I don't remember. Like I, I remember the scene where he's in the room, but I don't remember the actual um, introduction where they're. Because it's are you talking about? Are you referring to where they're where they're picking the ladies? That and even just getting tied to uh, a wheel for where <laughs> I don't even know what you would call that. I, it's um, uh, it's it's BDSM, right? That he gets, he chooses, or that gets put yeah. on. Yeah. Well, that his yeah, his brother picks for him. Right. But yeah, just simply like everything, his mannerisms, his facial expressions and body language as he's getting tied up to that wheel. I was on the floor, man. Are you ready, Jack? Oh, yes, I'm ready. Oh, my God. So am I. You like surprises? <laughs> oh, yes. Good. I actually, even though this movie is more about Bobby, I kind of wanted it to be more about Crispin Glover's character. Jack is his name. Jack's just like your 80s sidekick friend, right? Like every one mm -hmm. of these, every movie in the 80s, when the, like you have, if you have the rich kid, they always got that weird off kilter friend. Yeah. Um, like he dresses like he's in the 40s. He's got his, uh, there was that funny line where the, so, uh, it is Jack's brother, I do believe, who's driving them around. At, like he's the one that is setting the 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 scenes up for them to get laid, and so like they go to a diner, and he pays the waitress their um, money. It's never disclosed the amount, but on her break, she's gonna have sex with uh, bot with Robbie and with Jack. And they like rock, paper, scissors, whatever. Jack loses. And so her boyfriend comes, interrupts the scene, obviously, because you got to have your humor. And I thought it was pretty funny when they're the bikers are about to attack Jack and she go and the, the girl comes running up. And she says that I wouldn't sleep with that for any money. Right. And then she just walks away. And yes. he looked. He looks so brokenhearted that the slutty girl wouldn't sleep with him. Especially when he has to, like, bring his own self down. So when she was like, I wouldn't, there's no amount of money that would force me to sleep with that. And then he even, he starts giggling to himself. He's like, I wouldn't either. <laughs> <laughs> or like the bit where um, him, where he's uh, got his face pressed against the window as he's watching the women aerobicize. Oh my God. Yeah. Like it, it cut to it, it, it again. It, I feel like it was excessive the amount of times it cut to him, but he was funny every time. Like his, because his face was in a different position each time. For the you could tell like it, this was he probably has that first film syndrome, you know, where it's like he's like, ah, this is my first movie. I got to try to pull out everything I can with what little time I'm given. And then like the the, the sad thing though is uh, him as a character as well as his brother, they sort of just teeter off. 
and they only come back uh, sparingly from the middle to the end just to let you kind of like to remind you that oh these characters are here because they go off to Mexico his brother takes them off to Mexico so I guess where it's easier to get laid down there apparently Tijuana is the it's where they got like uh, all the all the people in California go to Tijuana for the debauchery oh is it sort of like a like a Cancun-esque environment it's just I think it's just right across the border in Baja and um it's it's like it's i don't want to say like it's built for american tourists but things are geared towards american tourists because they know like that's where they're gonna go that's where they're coming from it's like i have this other movie i think i referenced it no i don't think i did um losing it from 1983 um that's a these three teenage boys drive uh to tijuana to get laid at a brothel it has some funny moments. It's not very good. That's the entire premise. Is it's like a like a buddy road trip to go get laid. Yeah, like it's uh it's from nineteen eighty three. It's actually um, it's got Tom Cruise, Jackie Earl Haley, and Dean Stockwell. They're the three guys. Oh, and it takes shit. place. It takes place in the sixties, and I did not pick up on that at all. Like it, there are some parts of it that that you know, if you knew it took place in the sixties, you would know. Oh, but like. It's also directed by Curtis Hansen too. That's the reason I got it. It's because it's got Tom Cruise and it's directed by Curtis Hansen, the guy who did um, L.A. Confidential and Eight Mile. Wow. Um, I'm gonna have to yeah, search the whole, for this. It's on Kino. I got it from Kino. Um, but yeah, the whole plot is they they just have misadventures in Tijuana trying to get laid. Yep, I will def. I've already written it down. I'm gonna be finding that for sure. So I guess uh, we failed to mention <laughs> the the overall plot for my tutor but it goes without saying that it's very cut and dry you can copy and paste sort of this storyline to anything else in the 80s and you could probably just put it on a different title and there you go you could you could make this movie a hundred different ways what's but, the one uh private lessons is that yeah, the other one exactly and then next week's show from 1999 my teacher's wife if you read the description on that it is almost verbatim my tutors <laughs> To go back to Bobby for a minute, when I was saying earlier about certain aspects that I liked about him, there's two things uh, that I really enjoyed that sort of the movie did for him. And that's one, his father is really, really forcing him to go to Yale. That's where he went. That's where you become a man. That's where you're going to do well in life. That sort of attitude. But he wants to go to UCLA because they have a wonderful astronomy program. Which it was, I don't know, there's that... The reason why I connected a little bit with that is because astronomy is often looked at as more of a creative art. Like some people will look at astronomers as, what are you really doing? What's the field really about? But I like the fact that he has that ambition. And then the second thing I really like that they did with him is where, which I thought to be a funny gag, was you, the helpers, the, the gardener and the maid, they're actually not um, Spanish as the mother believes them to be. <laughs> that they're actually uh, they're sort of just exploiting the family for money, essentially. Um, but Bobby knows about this, and uh, I like the fact that um, the gardener—I forgot his name now—but essentially, he Bobby's like, "You can you can cut the act, uh, and I I know you speak English really well." And the gardener is worried at first. He's like, "How long have you known?" And Bobby's like, "A couple years, but your secret's safe with me. And while you're at it, take the weekend off." And it, but it it wasn't like it didn't come off as you know him having power over the gardener. It was just like, hey, 
I know what you're doing, but uh, I'm also not a fan of my mother and father either. So I kind of understand why you're doing this. There was like a mutual ground between them. And I wasn't expecting that either. So that was another thing that made me really enjoy Bobby as a character. Yeah, I think I think my favorite moment with Bobby um, that I think, because like it's very nerdish how it how it comes about. But like he's having the argument with her boyfriend when the boyfriend just like storms the, the his property, and um, he's trying to act tough uh, to the boyfriend, and the boyfriend's like, "I am a." What does he say? Third, I have a I have a black belt in jujitsu or something like that. I'm a third level something, yeah. and he starts doing all these karate moves. And Bobby's just like, "Wait here a moment," and he leaves. And like he's gone, and the guy's still doing his karate moves to nut like just to the air. And then Bobby just walks out and points a gun directly at the guy's head. I thought that was pretty funny, just because it was like incredibly incredibly dweebish he's like just wait here a moment and then they give him like enough screen time to leave go in the house and come back that's a good little moment too of where his wittiness like his wit outshines more than brawn i think the one thing i am upset about was i had no idea that scorpion which is a boutique blu-ray company released this at one point and it's uh in their library and then when i went to go look it up on amazon the damn thing is out of print and well over a hundred bucks now ridiculous for my tutor from 1982 i when i so i don't know if you remember when um tv top boxes or set top boxes whatever they call them for cable when those became a thing like in the early 2000s or late 90s whatever kind of um, yeah the uh time warner cable um spectrum now but um we used to they used to offer showtime like you can get a year of showtime for free when you signed up for their new box and so my family did that and we got Showtime and watching this movie. I remember I have I watched this movie. I want to say when I was 10 or 11 late, late night Showtime, because I remember the bit where at the end where um, they drive up to him in the convertible and they got like on the the Mexican garb, like the poncho or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the hat. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that, and I remember the scene where they look through the window and they see the tutor and Bobby in bed. Like I, like when I was seeing it, when when those when those two happened, I was like, "Hey, I know this. I've seen this." A, a wave so, of flashbacks just came back to you. Mm-hmm, all the just the late night Showtime softcore porn movies, <laughs> Playmate of the G Strings, oh, or man. no. Lord yeah, of Playmate of the Apes, Lord of the G-Strings, Playmate of the Apes, all those Misty Monday movies, and then this. Now there was a, there was another like camp movie that had a lot of nudity in it. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. See, I, it was I was also not with this movie, um, but I'm sort of in the same boat with you growing up, where you know I was fortunate that my parents cared more about cable than me, so we always <laughs> had movie channels. And um, we had HBO, HBO2, Encore, um, Cinemax, a.k.a. Skinemax, and Stars. Um, but Cinemax, man, was, oh boy, when 1 a.m. hit, between 1 a.m. and 4 a.m., I, let's just say I, have, uh, I made a lot of deposits in those late, late morning hours. It was a lot better. Like you, I, I can remember now... I was too young to watch like scrambled porn. That wasn't a thing. I know my brothers, because he's you know a couple years older than me. 
I know that he has he has spoken of his times trying to watch scrambled porn, but I can remember trying to get the uh, WWF pay per views uh, on certain Sundays, watching them all scrambled. So the the set top boxes were like kind of a gift from God to developing boys. Is um was okay. I'm trying to remember the layout. So when you were saying uh. The wrestling channels was it also one of those things too where you would did you ever come across channels like playboy for instance on that and did spice was spice channel spice i remember uh for us it was i think at a point it was direct tv i think and i can remember here's the thing here's here's what teenage boys deal with this is what this is the dilemma of a 13 year old is you get to the playboy channel and your thumb hovers over the select button and you start sweating and you like you're like okay i'm just gonna no one's here no one's watching i'm gonna push select and all of a sudden the actual purchase section comes up and then you see the price and you're like oh god oh god 49.99 maybe i can get away with that does that show up does that show up on the bill <laughs> and i i went the extra mile one time this is a quick story about old me uh, being a dumbass as a teenager, I purchased one. I hit select, and um, I, you know, got my fill. Did my deeds, and it was almost like you know how they say once you commit a crime or once you do a certain drug, like you're addicted. Like you, you all you can think about is your your next hit, your next fix. So the next time mom left to go grocery shopping, I beelined right to the TV, went straight to Playboy hovered over the button again, and I was like, wait a minute. I didn't get caught the first time, so let's go again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, About a month and a half later, I get in serious trouble because I ended up racking over $360 worth of porn (laughs) pay-per-view. Damn. Yeah, no, no, I have two brothers. I'm the youngest. None of us, none of us ever did that. Yeah, that that wasn't my brightest moment. <laughs> I can imagine too, like your mom, because you guys weren't like you guys weren't well off, so that was that was a lot of money. Yeah, uh, my it was became a big deal with the family. My grandmother found out, and she my mom told had to tell my grandmother, so that way my grandmother could pay for it, and then I had to work my grandmother's debt off. <laughs> <laughs> That right there is a movie. Yeah. Um. So before we start uh, wrapping this up, Ryan, is there anything else, uh, positive, negative, that you want to bring up about the movie? Um. Just a couple things I noticed um, sure. going through it. So I thought there were going to be more references to The Graduate, like more overt references. And we got two, kind of. Um. There's that random... Uh, encounter at his birthday party um, where that Chinese man walks up to him and says, I have one word for you, stock options or something like that, which is, that's a play on the scene from The Graduate where he says, I got one word for you, plastics. Um, Because they deal with the same concepts of um, The Graduate. He's banging an older woman. Now, granted, it's not like a 20 or 30 year age difference. It's 10. Um, But the thought's the same. And I thought they were going to set up a storyline where Jack was going to try and fuck Bobby's mom. 
Oh, good point. And they never did. So I thought when, so they have the encounter, Jack and Bobby's mom have that encounter where it establishes that she's, uh, she's a lush. Um, I thought that, because the whole point is like Jack wants to lose his virginity at the same time as Bobby. Like that's the goal. They are best friends. They do everything together. They're going to, they're going to lose their V cards on the same day. And then he discovers that Bobby is banging the hot tutor. And so like, that's why he's like, we got to go to Mexico now. Right. But I thought this, like it would have been added. I think it would have now granted it would have pushed the runtime a little longer or they could have cut stuff out and bring it earlier in the, in the movie. Um, but I thought the, the logical thing would just have Jack try to bang Bobby's mom. But I guess that's kind of like over the line. But again, it's a fantasy. Anything can fucking happen. I can see what you're saying with that. I forgot about that moment because I remember when that happened too, I I sort of like made a note, mental note to myself. I was like, is he, is this going to be like a vendetta? Is this going to be like a revenge on Bobby for getting laid before him? That and then it has... I, there's a trend I'm noticing with these movies that you picked is that they just kind of stop, right? They just kind of end. Yeah. And like this movie, like the things wrap up, but like it just, like he says goodbye to her and they have like the awkward kiss. I always thought it was weird too because every time they kiss in the movie, she always puts her hands on his shoulders. I don't know why I thought that was weird. Because um, like they're supposed to be having this passionate affair and all this stuff, but every time they kiss, like her hands are just on his shoulders instead of like on his neck or his face. <laughs> um, and then like they say their goodbyes they're never going to see each other again this is you know he'll always remember her blah 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 and then he the, the cab drives off he turns around and then jumps in the air clicks his heels and just freeze frame so it's like such a weird choice to end on it's um it, it's sort of in the same vein as like uh, most 50s movies especially in the sci-fi genre 50s movies were notorious for that. So, like, one of them is titled Them, the giant ant movie. And it literally ends with the main scientist, uh, this is paraphrasing, but he essentially is like, uh, has this sort of monologue about the dangers of atomic weapons and that if we're not careful, essentially, it'll be the doom of us all. And he just hangs, it hangs on that final part of the sentence, and all of a sudden, just in big block letters, the end comes, like, bursting out. <laughs> And you're just like, oh, okay, we're done. <laughs> we are common way past our point, but this was actually a more interesting one to talk about. I, I'm glad that we had more to talk about than with School Spirit. So with that being said, Brian, do you recommend this to our renters? I think I would. Like, it's not a great movie. It's barely passable. Um, your mileage will vary, obviously. If like I think this sells itself uh, as a romance, there's nothing romantic about this movie at all. Um, <laughs> this obviously falls under the like '80s were a different time, you know, disclaimer, what have you. But like, it's not bad. You got a lot of tits. There's some funny moments. Um, you, Crispin Glover is really funny. Um, and I really liked the lady that plays the tutor. I can't remember her name for life of me, but I thought she did a really good job. And now granted, like a lot of the, a lot of the elements to the movie are melodrama, very melodramatic, but it's, it's an hour and 30 minutes or something like that. It breezes by, um, yeah. And it's not, it's, this is, I would put this leaps and bounds ahead of the, the past two movies that we've reviewed. Absolutely. I'm in full agreement with you. If anybody is interested in this one, I highly recommend it as well. 
Tubi, uh, T-U-B-I, is a free service, very, very easy to register. And I think uh, what I noticed immediately was this is a, a rip from the Blu-ray that I mentioned earlier from Scorpion release. So the quality that you're getting on Tubi is very crisp, a very clear image. But yeah, I'm in agreement. It's while Bobby is not, you know, never going to be a character you look up to, it just in comparative to the last two uh, main characters that we had, there was a lot more with him that I enjoyed. It, and yeah, this sucker breezes by. The moment I pushed play, I before I knew it, I was hit and stop. And I was like, whoa. So I highly recommend this one as well. Uh, with that being said, Ryan, anything else to add? That's it. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week as we finish out our month, our back-to-school month, with my teacher's wife from 1999. Uh, until then, please, everyone, enjoy your late-night rental. So loud? Time to go to the drugstore and get you fitted! <laughs>